Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we learn more about the Word of God and our walk with Christ. If you have a Bible handy or you can bring this up on your phone or however you look at the Word of God, let's turn to, again, the book of Psalms. And we're going to go to Psalm 107. Psalm 107. This is an exciting passage. We're not going to read the entire Psalm 107 today. We're going to concentrate on a small section of that psalm. So, let's talk about seeing God in your storm. Because we all go through things in our our health, our life, our business, our education, our families, our marriage, our country, you know, and on and on and on. It never stops where there's storm after storm after storm. And it seems sometimes that those storms grow greater and greater in intensity. So let's talk about seeing God in your storm. Psalm 107, and let's go to verse... 23, Psalm 107, verse 23. They that go down to the sea in ships, that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven. They go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waters thereof are still. Then are they glad, because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people, and praise him in the assembly of the elders. You know, my friends, it's, it's still true today. It'll be true a thousand years from now. If you don't go through nothing, you won't be nothing. Somebody really famous said that, but I can't remember who it was. So we see here that that it says in verse 23, and it, this just grabbed me by the throat a long time ago, about a year ago, I think. I just was stunned when I read this, not for the first time, but for umpteenth time, but it just hit me. Verse 23, the, the people, let's put it like this, the people who play it safe on the land, they don't get to go through this experience. If your whole life is built around playing it safe, never taking any risks, never following the Lord to do something that other people say is crazy. It, you know, if you, if you, like I just said a moment ago, if you don't go through nothing, you won't be nothing. 
the people who stay on the land, they don't have this experience of really, really seeing God in the middle of their storm. But look in verse 23, it says um, there, They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. You know, the people who are uh, at sleep on the land back at home, they're not experiencing God this way. But you're probably one of those people that don't that don't play it safe, take it easy, and all of that, and 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 you're crazy enough to actually follow God, and you get into some storms. Well, that's that's wonderful. That's great because you're going to see God in a way, a new way that you've never seen Him before. That other people, until they do the same thing, they won't know Him like you know Him. So we see here as we read through this passage that uh, um, verse 24, these see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. And you you have the picture painted here from 25 to 27. You know, we've all seen these movies with sea waves that are, you know, like 10 stories high. And the ship is up there, and then, you know, waves go up and go down. And the ship goes way down into the trough of the wave, and waves are crashing over the ship. And it's almost abandoned ship time. You know, it's bad, really bad. Like, you know, the epic, perfect storm. So when you're in those situations, there's only one logical thing to do after you're done with staggering around like a drunken man and being at your wit's end and saying, this is it, I'm going down. (laughs) The logical thing is verse 28, then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble. You know, sometimes people say, well, you know, I'm just, you know, I don't know about going to the Lord about this. He already knows you're in trouble. Duh, come on. Cry unto the Lord in your trouble. And it says there, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. If you cry out, he helps you. I like that. That's very basic. I'm very basic like that. Verse 29, he maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad, because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. And then in verses 31 and 32, I mean, the the logical result of seeing God in a fresh way, a new way, that He saves you in the middle of your storm is you hit your knees. You praise the Lord. You're, You're not embarrassed about appraising Him, like it says, verse 32, in the congregation of the people. You know, folks, we got to get over this thing of, of thinking that Christianity is a private religion. No, it's not. It's where when good things happen, you tell people who don't even believe in God about it. And you know what? You say, well, I can't witness. That's, that is a witness. Yo, that's a witness right there. They say, well, they don't believe that. Well, I don't care if they believe it or not. Praise the Lord. Exalt the Lord. Tell people what God did for you. That's, that's being a witness. And then they will want to know this God who's helped you. Now, I have a special treat today. You know, normally we've stayed you know, right in the passage we've been looking at. And I think when we do expository Bible study or preaching or teaching or exegetical study, that's, that's the way you do it. And then you introduce other passages that help bring light to that passage. So that's what we're going to do this time, though. Let's go to 
and you don't even have to turn here if, if you don't know where it is, but it's in what's called the New Testament that's toward the end of the Bible. And the easiest way to find it is right after the Old Testament. Gee, thanks, Pastor. <laughs> Mark, the Gospel of Mark. So once you get to the New Testament, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So it's the second Gospel right after Mark. Go to chapter 4 and watch this. This would be brand new. Some of you have never heard this read before. And it's going to be stunning. Mark 4, 35 to 41. Now it's talking about Jesus now. And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. Now I love this. He brought it up. He's with us. And he didn't say we're going to the middle to drown. We're going to the other side. Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they now notice that all the thousands didn't go with him, just just the twelve. And there were, it says, and I think here, yeah, it says there's some other little ships with them too, some other boats. But the, but the primary thing is the people who, who stayed on the land, they did not get to see this. Only the people who got in the boat with Jesus, the twelve. And uh, so in uh, verse 36, And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was into the ship, and there was were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship. Now that is not a good thing, folks, when waves are beating into your ship. So that it was now full. Man, I'll tell you what, if you're in the middle of a place like the Sea of Galilee, which they tell me is shaped like a bowl with mountains around it, the wind whips down, they, they say that some ridiculously intense storms can come up on the Sea of Galilee out of nowhere. I personally think Satan was trying to, uh, who knows how Satan thinks, right? Satan and his demons were trying to kill Jesus, kill the disciples. Whether that was going on or not, certainly um, this was a dangerous situation for the disciples. So it says that uh, their boat is full of water. Now, there's only one thing more frightening than your boat being full of water in the middle of the storm, and that's having your boat full of God. That will knock you down to your knees. Verse 38, And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. Have you ever felt like God was asleep? God doesn't know about your situation. Now, this is after a full day of ministry, the perfect God-man, fully God, yet fully man, a mystery, was fatigued, and just like any person with a body was sleeping after all of this. But he's so tired, he's sleeping in the middle of this storm. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Now, they made some terrible assumptions there that God didn't care. They, they were wrong on that. We're wrong on that when we feel that way sometimes. Shame on us. Amen? 
Carest thou not that we perish? Verse 39, he arose. I like it when God rises up. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. The way this is set up here is it's like this instantly happened. Boom. God is on the scene. God's with us. And when he says that's enough, it's enough. The storm stops. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? Verse 41 and they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, these disciples, many of them, not all of them, but several of them, or at least four of them, were hardened sailors. They, they knew the Sea of Galilee frontwards and backwards. They knew where all the good fishing spots were. They had been in many storms already themselves. They had never seen anything like God. And like one preacher said, the only thing more frightening than God outside your boat, like when Jesus walked on the water in another part of the Gospels, the only thing more frightening than God outside your boat is God inside your boat. That's when your Christian life goes to a new level. And living your Christian life as you had been living it, though it may have been great, is now is not enough. Now you know God in a new, fresh way that challenges you. And I want to challenge you with this thought. If you're the basically the same Christian today, the same person today as you were 10 or 20 or 30 years ago, man need to be growing, need to be meeting God in fresh ways. We can't live on yesterday's manna. We have to have a fresh encounter with God every day, everywhere. And these disciples had that. Now, again, only those that went down to the sea in ships got to see this. The multitudes who played it safe, went home, stayed at home, tucked away in bed, they did not get to see this. Wow. And so Jesus, actually Psalm 107, I believe, is, is not only a psalm, but I believe it's prophetic, and Jesus fulfills that right here. Anybody that knew their psalms real well would have made that connection and gone like, man, who is this? This is God in the flesh. Look at one more. Look at John chapter 6, verse 21. So it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. John is the fourth gospel in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, keep going. Luke, go a little farther. Now you're in John. Go to John 6. And let's, um, let's read in John 6. In verse, just verse 21, it's the same story, but I want you to see 21. 
Then they willingly received him into the ship, and immediately the ship was at the land whither they went. And I just made a mistake, an error. It's, it's not the same story. I want to, I want to correct that right, in, right now. This is the story. I forgot this. This is a story where Jesus walks to them another time on the water. Now, they never seen that before either. And I will venture to say that only those that went down to the sea in ships got to see that. Everybody else who was playing it safe didn't see it. But they were in trouble, and he came to them walking on the water. And when they finally knew it was him, they welcomed him into the ship. And notice, though, um, it says, Then they willingly received him into the ship, and immediately... Read that again. And immediately the ship was at the land whither they went. Now, if you read back a few verses earlier, this is where they were rowing and rowing and rowing and rowing. And I mean, they weren't getting anywhere. And they were still in the middle of the sea. And Jesus walked to them. The way I read it, he walked to them. And it was out in the middle of the lake, Sea of Galilee. Well, when they realized who he was and he got into the ship and this this other story here, not the same story as um, we read earlier, immediately they were at land. And I remember if you think back, look back if you can to Psalm 107, verse 30, Then are they glad because they be quiet, so he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Wow. Jesus is fulfilling Scripture in both, both different events. I want to ask you something. Do you know this Jesus? This Jesus? Oh yeah, I grew up in church. You know, I've, I said a prayer. You know, I've heard of him. You know, I respect him. I go, do you know this Jesus? This is the real Jesus Christ. This is the one that when you, you meet him and see him for who he really is, you, you have either got to reject him or, or he comes in and dominates your life. And I mean, you are a for real Christian from that point forward. And it may be, my listener friend, that you're in the trouble or the difficulties you're in right now so that you can see God, Jesus Christ, for the very first time, and He can be your Savior and Lord. If you are a Christian, and you know that you are, but you know that you've been stagnant, not growing, and playing it safe, and all this stuff, this may be God's call to you to go to a new level, a fresh day, a new start, and I'm glad you joined us today, and I'm glad for all of you listening that you are in trouble because only those that go down to the sea and ship in ships, these see the, the mighty works of God. And your trouble can be your triumph. You're not a victim, you're a victor. Your test will become your testimony. Amen. That's all I got. I thank you for joining us today. I hope this has been a blessing. Tell other people about This Week in the Word, and they can find that 
on Google Play Store. They can find it on Apple Podcast. Um, they can just type it into their search bar, dredhill.podbean.com. Remember that doctor has no period after it, so it's dredhill.podbean.com. Tell other people about it. God bless you. We'll see you on the next one.